1: find the sugar. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Saturday Morning Serial, the show that explores all those themes of Saturday Morning TV, which we grew up with. And hey, we dragged them right along with us, and now they're grown up, too. Just look at a movie sometime. Hey, it's me, your host, Dan Grimshay. And you're not going to believe this. We're back in studio over here. So I've actually got the boys' gathered around the table with me here at Three Palm Studio. Uh, we are unmasked but fully vaxxed. Uh, if you're wondering, uh, does that make it safe? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Please stop with the medical questions. It puts both of us in a bad position. But we're gonna give it a shot. And hey, Marquis, speak up so everyone can hear you. Hey,
0: hey, everybody! It's so good to be back in studio, bringing you the best entertainment and podcasting.
1: Oh, there we go, moving, moving from uh, from the three o'clock position down to the six. Jimmy, the Gent Lezinski, where are you?
2: This is the sound of my voice in the studio.
1: Ooh, booming in control. Glad we moved that mic away from you. <laughs> And you know we're not alone. Oh, guess who else is here? Hey. Johnny Heck.
3: Yo, Johnny Heck. Hey, yo. I only got lost three times coming back to the studio, so oh, that was like, really yeah, nice. right? Did they move? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> It is, it is the first time, I would say. It must have been right about the end of February 2020. Mm-hmm. So if those listeners are uh, keeping track... That makes it, what, one year and three months? Sounds right. About 15 months now? Yeah.
0: Hot damn. Oh, wow.
1: And have we ever been more productive? Yeah, I think you're right. Maybe we should go back to Zoom looking (laughs) around this room. (laughs) Right. Uh, But anyway, that's enough of that. Just so you know, if we sound a little funny, it's because we're actually back together again, and I have forgotten how to use the equipment. Yes, we've probably been
0: here for about an hour and a half just trying to turn on the mics and get everything going again. Test one.
1: Test, test one. Two, yep,
0: test All two, two, right. Test let's three, give yeah. them a tug and get started, boys. <laughs> All right.
3: I think at some point we're just going to go get
1: our laptops and sit in different parts of the studio and just zoom in that way. I think you're right. Well, let's give this a shot at least. This week uh, we are talking about special effects. Special effects. It is uh, It is with great pleasure. We bring you an interview that uh, uh, Marky and Jimmy the Gent were able to steward. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though we are live back in studio, I want to remind you how exciting that is. This was still a Zoom meeting, mm-hmm. so we're still living off of those for a little bit. But this is actually from uh, what was it was it WonderCon, it was WonderCon. SuperCon? It was WonderCon. Uh, it was
0: WonderCon at home. AquaCon?
1: Uh, <laughs> was it AquaCon?
0: Yeah, it was not AquaCon. No. I don't think there is such a thing. But it was WonderCon, and it was uh, WonderCon at home. It was uh, the best that they could put together, uh, you know, in the the old COVID
1: times and of course we we're work very work. grateful to the good people uh-huh. at wondercon for doing it uh and you guys right. sat down with a, with the firm uh halon entertainment mm-hmm. a visual effects firm right the visual effects firm if you yeah. will yeah. if yeah. you yeah. want to throw superlatives around yeah. that would be them and you talked to uh uh the main guy the founder brad alexander if i'm uh, not mistaken well i don't know if he's a founder but we talked to brad alexander he's he's one of the
0: ma- he's one of the he's well at the this dude. point
1: i will be very disappointed if he's not Okay. Uh, you also talked to Kristen uh, Turnipseed.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Is she a founder? She's uh, not a founder. No. Well, right. she it's, should you be. You better give me at least one. <laughs> but I'll reserve <laughs> judgment. Okay. Uh, and and uh, and and again, what I love about interviews that we are able to get at cons, and this still holds true with the Zoom one—they weren't plugging anything. Nope. You know, just themselves. Maybe if you want to make it salacious, but really just talking about the craft.
0: Yeah, we didn't even have to pretend
1: to like anything. They, could have, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> they couldn't have. plug anything. We asked them about, I think we asked them a couple
2: of specific questions, and mm-hmm. they were like, ah, we can't talk about it. Yeah, we can't talk about yeah. it. Yeah,
1: and that's a fair point. <clears throat> I think you can't. That's probably why, I mean, this is a firm that has worked on so many movies. Yeah. I say it like that to emphasize the fact that if we wanted to, we could do a very impressive IMDb reading.
0: Uh, you can if you want. I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, but I feel anyway.
1: like we're not gonna put you through that. Thank I you. mean, uh, I'm sure Mark E can name at least the next thing that they're that they've openly discussed being able to do, they, right?
2: What did Brad get his start doing? What well, I, I do what know what they started.
0: I mean, yes, uh, you know, it's I I almost said that it's I L M, Industrial Light and Magic, and these guys. But that's not even really true. Like it, there's like the way that this whole thing works is that a big studio will hire multiple companies to do different parts of special effects for different movies. And um, for example, a friend of mine works for one of these particular studios and I was talking to him and I remember when the Batman vs. Superman came out and he was just telling me about this big, Awesome project that he he was working on. He was working on Batman versus Superman. And I was asking, well, you know, what did you do? And all he did was he animated, him and this whole company just animated the wheel of the Batmobile during the Suicide Squad. Not, it wasn't Batman for Superman. It was Suicide <laughs> Squad. <laughs> well, uh, the first bad news. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I am misremembering this, but as I tell it, it's starting to come back to me. It was the Suicide Squad, and it was the Batmobile on the Suicide Squad, and it was just the wheels as it made a corner turn. So this whole studio... <laughs> And 12 people or 15 people or whatever, they just did the animation. $2 million
1: million worth of computers.
0: Yeah, for this one little tiny scene. So all these studios all kind of participate. And what you guys are going to hear in this interview is a little bit of inside baseball as far as how all that breaks down. So excuse my memory and how full of holes it is, but still.
3: Well, Marky, that kind of makes me think if people were in a a movie theater when Suicide Squad comes out – And then you see the Batmobile tire and 12 people just jump up and are like, we did it! We did it! (laughs) Those are my friends. (laughs) We're there, boys. (laughs) Just just firing off, like, you know, confetti, like those little
1: poppers and stuff.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and look, any decent movie
0: has some special effects. Right. And of course, not every, you know, movie studio can have a full-on studio effects company in like in their backyard <laughs> it would so, take
3: forever. Yeah. It yeah. would just
0: take forever. So, yeah, the, you know, these guys, like all these little studios work and uh, our guests have been a part of many of those small companies, large companies. They started their own company. And, you know, this is some real inside baseball with some real players as far as your biggest movies of Hollywood. And since we're getting into the summer season. Where the this, big movies?
1: Yep. This is when you every year you wait to see the newest, biggest special effects, and yeah. is what these companies have been working on for probably three years, just rendering and rendering and rendering. And what does rendering mean? Well, it, it ain't it ain't little spaceships on fishing line anymore. <laughs> I know. It's, I think it's basically like uh, cryptocurrency mining, except in the end, you get three seconds worth of lightsabers. Uh-huh. Instead of a, a coin, right? Does, okay. that, does that seem about right? Does about anybody right. know computers? I'm not really sure what you're talking about. Yeah. But you know, I think, <laughs> think we can move on. Yeah, I think it's fair
3: <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. So these guys are, you know, uh, this is uh, this is just the right time of year. We're getting into the summer months. You know, we're about to return to the movie theater. Everybody's mm-hmm. excited about popcorn and mm-hmm. hanging out and doing all those things and. What better time to talk about big special
3: effects and big movies? And that's why a lot of studios are holding stuff back. I mean, as we're recording, Black Widow's still not out, and that was ready to be released Black- ages oh, ago. Yeah. 13, yeah. 14 so, months like, ago or something. Let's time out and just, instead of doing a, a Disney Plus release, let's, let's give the fans these special effects. I mean, that's what we're there for, the special effects. Can you imagine Star Wars just being released. I mean, you know we have giant TVs these days, but come on, son. You want that movie theater experience.
1: Well, I don't remember any of us complaining about The Mandalorian, but still, I actually agree with you. True, but it would probably be better in the
0: theater.
3: I mean, yeah, yeah, it's good yeah as, it as a matter of the matter the fact, theater. should we have been complaining about it?
0: Yeah,
4: I
3: need to revisit it again. <laughs> now that i got that big TV.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's right, that's right. Uh, and so uh, do Do you want to give them a little taste of some of the things they've done, or do you just want to let's Let's hear the interview. Let's hear them talk the magic.
3: Well,
0: I think you're actually looking right now at an IMDb.
1: Don't tell me what I'm doing. Snippet right there.
0: <laughs> just go ahead and give me the top ten things that come up on IMDb of what these guys are working on right now.
1: All right. Well, uh, it is confirmed they are working on Jungle Cruise, uh-huh. the movie no one asked for, but Disney was <laughs> inevitably going to get around to making. That's right. Uh, you get they were on the Euro I, I, version. I don't know, song man. Content. I, I, I
2: don't know, man. I think that looks pretty good.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You like it? I'm gonna I'm gonna put my money down on Jungle Cruise right right here and right now. Started <laughs>
2: like, up. to break the flow, but I think Jungle Cruise. Yeah, I'm all in. Billion bucks.
1: Jungle yep. Cruise over. Uh, what is it? The uh, what else we got left? The teacups. The Matterhorn. Uh, big Splash Mountain scene. Remind
2: me to tell you my idea for the later.
3: No, that's, <laughs> sure. that's bullshit. I pitched a, a movie to, a idea to Disney. It's the angry dad yelling at his children, the movie. Yeah. Just, you know, the dad that's fed up in the middle of the day. Is like just hates his children because they're complaining and he spent like three thousand dollars at disneyland i consulted on that movie. that's the... <laughs> <laughs> no more
2: ideas it, it kind of does bleed into my matterhorn idea it starts, out, it starts out where they're waiting in line to get on the matterhorn
0: Oh, and you're talking
1: these, a whole trilogy.
0: This is just one movie. Like, <laughs> and kind of like, just, it, he strangles the son. Die
2: Hard in Disneyland. Oh, we'll go. <laughs> I'll explain it to you when we got more time. Three children, know. one father, and Fair he enough. likes the odds that way. <laughs> and the happiest place on earth.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: oh, all right.
1: So anyway, what else? What else has Halon done? Uh, they did the, uh, some work on the Eurovision Song Contest. There's only a couple of of real VFX shots that were obviously that. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. Of all the things, on the credits
3: (laughs) below. Hey,
1: you asked top ten? There you go. They are proud of it because they've got it listed higher than Snake Eyes, which hasn't even come out yet. I don't know if that bodes well for the G.I. Joe Snake Eyes picture. Did you guys even hear about this? Is is that that top
2: ten? Yeah, I did hear about that. Is it top ten? I'm or not even is that, sure
1: what the, or is that uh, the chronic
0: of what's coming out next. Yeah, uh,
2: no, uh, it'll, 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 top what 10 is the
1: order have though? To have it, uh, uh, number one, they list Jungle Cruise. Okay, everybody, IMDb reading. Here you go. <laughs> IMDb
3: reading.
1: And number oh, one on their uh, credits, Jungle Cruise. The idea is for it to come out 2021. It says we all know it's not out yet. Uh-huh. Number two, you got that Eurovision, which has already been out since last year. So I'm not sure why. Next up, you got Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes again should be out this year. Not out yet. Oh, that's be uh, good. Suicide Squad. Same boat. The Suicide Squad. My apologies. The Suicide Squad, the the suicide squad mm-hmm. which may or may not have Mark's buddy's wheels. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that was
0: just. Suicide Squad. Okay, well, they
1: also worked on just Suicide Squad. So we're covered with Halon regardless. They also work on The Batman. Ooh, you know, you know our boy Jimmy here is really excited about (laughs) The Batman. Are you a big fan?
3: (laughs) (laughs) I've (laughs) dabbled. And here it is, number six.
0: Suicide
1: Squad. Regular Suicide Squad. Uh, which Marky's excited for. That's Have the one
0: that my friend Spider-Man. worked on. No, he worked on the Batmobile. That's on that the
1: one. one that has the, the wheel. wheel.
0: I was thinking Batman vs. Oh, Superman. It. I'm sorry. All right. It's, uh, <laughs> hey. this, is, this, this is the first time I've been in the
3: studio. you <laughs> am busting long my
0: bows.
1: Oh, right. hey. And wrapping up the, the rest of the top 10, you got Spider-Man Homecoming, Hunger Games, Jurassic World, Avatar. I could go on and on. Yeah. Avatar
0: 2009. That so I'm going to stop you there, Dan.
1: Thank you. I've been waiting since number two.
0: Can hmm. we just check what? how is this organized? But can you go up to the top? What is this?
1: Uh, again, uh, as as was the reading was supposed it's by to prove, popularity. it is pretty random.
2: I'm pretty sure that's the order that they're coming out. Like, Jungle Cruise is is
0: scheduled to come out. Because, Eurovision okay, popularity
1: death, by whatever IMDb metric.
0: Because <laughs> this is pretty random. But, okay, all right, let's just go with it. Jungle Cruise is the number one movie. Funny enough, enough, gonna, I yeah. told you. I told you.
1: I've got... Uh, that oh. website's on my on my uh, boat. Eurovision beating out the Batman, Jimmy. How's that make yeah. you feel? You got, well, got bones to pick with IMDb. I'll
2: be honest, I haven't seen either of them, so, so we'll Ooh. see. You never I mean know. I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about the Batman.
3: And uh, I just I just number eleven. Knowing that our was, uh, know,
2: knowing that our good friends at Halon worked on it though, I, I feel a lot better about it. That's right. Yeah. Well, Those wheels I are might gonna give be it sick. a shot. <laughs> 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 oh no, that was your friend. god <laughs> oh, damn
3: it. Yeah. Come on. Don't, don't, don't no, dog. Well
1: <laughs> They might have undercut and now they're doing the wheels and that. We yeah. will we'll have to wait to see the movie to find uh-huh. out. Uh, and but one thing you won't have to wait for everybody, is this interview. Because it is about to Magic energy Machine. You better be warmed up. Happen now. Meanwhile. Dynamite, Dynamite. My name's Jimmy.
2: This is my co-host, Marky. Marky, say hi.
0: Hello, everybody.
2: Nice to meet you guys. All right, and we're here we're talking to Brad Alexander and Kristen Turnipseed. Am I saying that right? Is it that easy? Okay, <laughs> okay groovy. And from ha- Halon Entertainment,
1: right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're getting. Go ahead. Oh, uh, yeah. So my name is Brad Alexander. Um, I co-founded Palon around 2003 with Daniel Gregoire. From there, we've worked on star Wars films. Um, and uh, you know, after we finished working at the ranch, we basically came to LA and said, let's previs like we did those films for every other film that we could get our hand on. And thus far we are, uh, growing very well, having a lot of fun doing it. And, uh, yeah, we have Kristen as well here. So she's been a, a very key piece of that technology and asset to uh, help us as far as we've grown and lead and teach, which is awesome. So, yeah, take it away, Kristen. Uh,
4: yeah. Um, as Red said, I'm, I'm Kristen Turnstead. Uh I'm uh, currently a real-time supervisor at Halon, uh, but I've been there for about five years uh started as a as a pre artist and postvis artist and just kind of learned everything I could and, and stuck with it and uh you know kind of just came into this company that that Brad and Greg had like built up and grew and uh you know tried to do my best to uh you know bring new elements and and, and bring new visions and stuff to the team and uh kind of help um, building out our virtual production department is uh, what I'm currently um, most active in, um, but all the way from pre to post viz and everything in between.
2: That was the uh, beginning of the company was doing pre for George Lucas at the ranch?
1: Yeah, well we weren't Halon during that point in time. We had just finished episode two. We did a George Lucas uh, special of THX 1138 in between then we did episode three. Uh, we were lucky enough to even act in THX 1138, so it was kind of it's kind of a a fun thing. Anyway, uh, but it was after that that we formed Halon and we came to L.A. And then um, from there, we did start just doing basic previz, you know, and then we found out later on that we needed to learn more about tech viz, which is how are these directors going to get these shots uh, with a moving crane. And so the camera doesn't behead an actor. <laughs> uh and such and then postvis came along um which is after they shoot you know we get back green screen footage and we're still still able to use our assets that we've used in previs to either uh add a digital character and or put in a green screen and then uh video game engines came out and virtual production started to be a thing and uh to Kristen, if you want to talk about a little bit about like that that's uh right up your alley
4: yeah, um, yeah. From there, I mean, we we started using. I mean, even right around the time I started, even and shortly after, we started using Unreal Engine for even just visualization, um, just because it was powerful and had you know it had these tools that allowed us to uh, to get more accurate visualizations much faster. Um, but from there, um, you know, as Unreal Engine started building out and uh, as um, you know, as we kind of like started working alongside uh, this tool and talking with people over at Epic, like the tool itself has just evolved into something that we were able to um, to take and make it, you know, kind of make it work for other aspects and um, of of production, um, and and really be able to like plug these virtual uh, virtual usage tools right into right. We're able to. Um, You know in real time get get feedback on uh on effects and what everything looks like and and really fine-tune lighting um at a speed that just wasn't really you know it it was eight we were able to do it before but we're able to just do it so much faster which is really the nature of visualization right like we have to be iterative we have to be quick and we have to be nimble um, to be able to get all of this feedback you know for the creative um, they've got an image in their mind and it's really the core of what we do is to help them get the image that's in their mind out for everyone else, all other aspects of production to use and see, right? The director's got a vision in his head or the cinematographer has a vision in his head and they need to communicate that to all the departments uh, that are responsible for making that, you know, come up to screen and we are, you know, we are the sandbox in which they're able to play and to get those ideas out, all the good ones, all the bad ones, just get it all out now, and then really communicate their vision to everybody else so it's no longer just in their head, it's in a tangible format that they can see. Um, and, and to that, you know, the tools come a long way to allow us to be able to you know, put a tool in a director's hand and have him shoot a shot in Unreal um, you know, using environments from our virtual art department and uh, animations from, um, from our previs department and bring it all together and put a, a tool in a director's hand that he can point the camera and we can record that action. And even right there, I mean, we are, uh, you know, it's, that's one element of virtual production. Um, and because everything's pretty much lossless, a lot of these assets can then get passed over through... You know, through be used in regular production or in um, physical production, and then uh, and then even on into post biz to just help facilitate all of this. It's, it's no longer that something is created in pre-production and then recreated in post. They're able to use everything from pre-production through principal photography and then into uh, into post-production as either uh, you know as a template or as a launching point to be able to go on and do like the the really fantastic fine-tuning work that the VFX vendors uh, do that you ultimately see up on the screen.
2: And um, forgive my Cro-Magnon, possibly, understanding of the situation, but pre you're essentially creating the virtual set with everybody and the actors so that the, ca- so that the director and producers can decide where they're going to put the camera and, and what shots they want, right? Like you were saying, to com- communicate to everybody else. Yes. You're, create, you're initially
1: creating the digital world, right? Yes, definitely. Um, sometimes we're lucky enough to know a location to where we can maybe get a drone out there and do some photogrammetry where we can actually scan the environment that will be used. Uh, sometimes we're lucky enough to get a drawing on a napkin and mm-hmm. say, make this into a set. Uh, and there's always you know, anything you could think of in between a napkin and an actual set that we'll get. Um a lot of times working with, you know, higher-end art departments will get really good CAD drawings of how they're going to spec out, like, smaller sets. That always helps immensely, so that shows the limitations of where the director can get the camera in or the camera out and things like that, so. Mm-hmm.
4: And yeah. I think that that's probably one of the most powerful things about virtual production and what our... Um, as I mentioned, we have a, a virtual art department or what we refer to as a VAD department, um, you know, and the, and the nice thing about, you know, having all these tools be able to iterate very quickly is that we can take, just as Brad said, we can take a scan from a real-world place or we can take, um, you know, assets that have been created by an art department and have been really sculpted, sculpted into place by art directors and all of their artists and incorporate them directly into the, into the visualization that we're doing. We bring them right in. Um, you know, we either, uh, you know, we bring them in, we edit them per, you know, their, per the specs, uh, that we're given and notes back and forth, but we can really either start from, you know, an empty environment or we can start from whatever assets the production might already have on hand, um, and really take all of that in to, uh, to help build and create these worlds.
2: Mm-hmm um Brad you're you're so um at ease with uh, just throwing around how you worked on Star Wars episodes 1 2 and 3 uh like it's no big deal. I know my co-host Marky is a huge he's got to be chomping at the bit. I know he's got at least one question <laughs> about the original uh, uh prequel trilogy. Marky, do you got something?
0: Uh well yeah. I mean um <laughs> one of the things that has always kind of stuck out is that in the 2000 um Oscars, uh, Matrix won for Best Visual Effects, uh, and it beat out Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. I think it is a travesty. Um, <laughs> I, um, you know, I mean, um, if you go back to The Phantom Menace and kind of what it established, uh, digital photography and uh, total, um, totally fake characters, you know, total computer animated characters, the Phantom Menace is still, still happening now. Whereas The Matrix, you kind of don't see the slow bullet thing as much as you did back then. So, you know, um, do there, you is think there? A question that, in there Mark? Yes, uh, I'm just kind of griping. But <laughs> do you think that um, that the Phantom Menace, that the that the visual effects that you did then, um, in retrospect. Uh, should have got the Oscar over The Matrix, and please explain why that's true.
1: Of course it should have, because we worked on it. (laughs) (laughs) But beyond that, you know, I think at that time was really a rediscovery of what, when computers really started to become easier to use for visual effects and get into the hands of many people. You know, before 2000, you know, 1997 was just kind of a year where people were still scanning rocks with the regular 2D scanner to try and get a texture, um, you know, and then, you know, it sort of bloomed into this sort of uh, era happened where it was like, bang, all these movies are coming out. You know, you have matrix, we have tran- or not transformers, but that was shortly after. Yeah. You know uh Yeah. Yeah. Star Wars. I mean there was a bunch going on during that time frame. And then it just kept going and going and going. And now every time you turn on the TV, all you're seeing is everything has all these visual effects in it. So it's uh, it's awesome to see how it's progressed and where it's gone. But um, I'm kind of excited to see where it's going to be in another 10 years, especially with software coming out using AI, software coming out using you know deep learning, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. But well, yeah.
0: and uh, yeah, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10 – um, how much credit does the Phantom Menace get for where effects are today? Uh, I would like to know your number for Phantom Menace, and then what is your number for The Matrix? I really want to get down to, to just these two and kind based,
1: of what's on. Based, yeah. based on everything today?
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: I would say, because I don't want to go against the Academy. Um, <laughs> I don't want anyone to hate me on that side. So yeah. I would say, okay uh star wars out of four matrix out of five okay and then uh reason being said is um yeah i don't want to get on anyone's bad side on the academy okay. <laughs> all right and just to
0: be clear you're counting one as the best so the sh- so the four is a better number than the five yes okay all right fair enough okay Yes. Yeah. All right, that that's that was was my big Star Wars uh, special effects question. Whenever I run into anyone that's ever worked on it, that's that's what I want to know. Is yeah, trying to give you guys like this this kind of open platform to maybe put it out there a little bit that we kind of got jobbed a little. But anyway,
1: it's it's kind of funny. Just to mention one thing, I did see uh, a meme the other day where someone had taken um, Michael J. Fox out of that shot where it says, you're not going to like it now, but your kids will really will. Mm-hmm. And then underneath, they put down the prequels, one, two, and three titles. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. good. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's true. Yep. Uh, hey, um, yeah,
2: Marky and I were talking off mic about how, as kids, that's what got me into movie was the first Star Wars movie, uh, then uh, just Star Wars, uh, later on A New Hope. And it was, you know, I, I was saying I didn't want to be an astronaut or a cowboy. I wanted to be, I wanted to work with uh, Dykstra over at ILM as a kid, right? That's kind of what, what I wanted to do. What, and you know that I'm talking about Star Wars, uh, the, the, the those UFO movies, the, uh, close encounter of the third kind, right? And, um, and, and Battlestar Galactic at the time was just hot. So what was it as children? Was there anything that you guys saw that, that? That you were like, oh yeah, I've got to be a part of this. This has just blew your mind, and you wanted to spend your rest of your life elbow deep in special effects. Kristen,
1: go for it.
4: Well, yeah, I mean, I would say, well, my path to visual effects is a little different. I was um, uh, more inspired by uh, like animation um, and film. I was also, as as a kid, very interested in like you know theater, stage plays, and I was the kid that would like. Come up with a play for all of my siblings and cousins to do like at thanksgiving and then you know the family didn't have necessarily the patience to sit through like this two-hour production that i had done so i had to turn it down to 15 and try to hit all the bullet points but i was uh i was definitely kind of you know choreo- choreographing and kind of directing all of my cousins and, and siblings um, into these things and i think that that translated into um, you know, I, I jumped into the industry through uh, wanting to learn animation, but then came across um, Previs as this way to, um, you know, to kind of put my fingerprints uh, as much as I could onto kind of the layout of a film, where you like, take all these like great ideas, you know, set it up and and like get all of this input, um, you know, and uh, and um, I I found that I really liked it. I found that it was kind of um, you know, taking, taking the ideas of creatives and saying, wow, that's like, that's fantastic. Let's try this. Let's do that. Let's, you know, let's put all of this together. It's so incredibly collaborative, um, that, uh, that, 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 that's kind of where, uh, you know, once I started in it, I just really like jumped and, and, and dove right in, um, was really like, you know, kind of being mixed in with all of the, 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 um, Uh, I know I keep calling it like choreography but it really is like layout of you know all of the different elements that go into the film you know you've got like the director's input and you've got you know the uh the cinematographers and you've got um you know art directors and actors and all of these other people giving input and just kind of taking all these pieces and putting the puzzle together and then you know all the creatives fine-tune it that way um you know from there but um yeah I, I was less uh it was less that i think the, if i could nail down one movie from my childhood it would have been like the nightmare before christmas uh in anime <laughs> and and uh that would have been the one that was like yep this is this is what i want to do um you know kind of moving forward from there
1: right on nice what about for you brad for me it was a different bit of a different path um i picked up a pen and pencil or a pencil and paper when I was like five and I just started drawing what I would see around the house. My mom was like, hey, this is actually pretty good. <laughs> and I'm like, really? And then so she started putting me in like junior art classes and stuff. And <clears throat> by the time I got to high school, I was doing like a lot of art classes still. But, you know, I just didn't really know my route and the direction I wanted to take. So, um, you know, I joined the Air Force. So when I was in the Air Force, I was working on F fifteens and A tens for four years. Watching them take off, fly. I got to go up to I got to go up in an F-15 once, which was really cool. Um, <clears throat> so that really helps when you're doing spaceship animation because you <laughs> kind of know the dynamics and sway of what something can really do when you're flying with it, which is a lot of fun. So that had a lot of influence on my background of that. But one thing that really made me want to get into film, I guess, at a young age was, <clears throat> you know, watching uh, Rancor come out underneath from. Uh, you know, Java's Palace and mm-hmm. th- just that massive monster thing that they give you that feeling of, oh, wow, you know, it, it makes you scared because it's like, you know, that's kind of one of the first times you've seen something look that good, but that close and just makes you feel like, ah. And it started to become a thing because then you would start to see it in the movie like Spawn and then you start to see it and now we've got Godzilla and King Kong about to bash it out coming out in a few weeks, which is I'm so excited for, it's going to be such a fun movie. So, um, so I basically just kind of took together like my love for art, computers, film, and just smashed it all together and just said, let me go to film school. And then, uh, I didn't graduate because George hired me before I could graduate. And so they said, take the job because that's what you're here for. And I was like, see ya. And then
0: (laughs) 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 right on. That's like a dream, man. That's got to be a dream come
1: true. It is. It's yeah. I like if I was today. If I was to die today, I would be. You know, I would say there's nothing really on my bucket list that could compare to that. So
3: yeah, yeah, that's
1: <laughs> that, that is the peak. <laughs>
0: uh,
3: you did, and,
1: and you were twenty uh, something. Uh, started uh, around 24 at Skywalker Ranch. Yeah. Okay. So you peaked at 24. That's good. That's <laughs> I haven't said I'm done
0: peaking. Come on, guys. <laughs> uh, you mentioned
2: you're, you guys are doing uh, Kong versus Godzilla. Uh, don't spoil the
1: movie. Before you got the project, where was your money? Kong, oh, or Kong or Godzilla? I don't think I mentioned that. I think I just mentioned that that was another thing that is coming out. Oh, okay. okay. monsters and such. So, yeah.
2: In that case, where's your money since you don't have any uh,
1: stake in (laughs) it? The last one had a little too many characters for me to keep follow of. But this one, since it's only two, I'm kind of hoping it's going to be a big boxing match between them. Yeah, but
0: who's going to win, I think is what the question is. You know
1: as much as I do. Yeah, you know (laughs) dodge
0: dodge he's in the matrix right <laughs> now
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: um, well, I would have to I would have to say that since uh, we'll, we'll be biased right so we worked on Kong Skull Island I personally didn't but Halon did so I'll vote for Kong <laughs> all right
2: so yeah hey Mark Marky he kind of doesn't like when I do this but I'm, I'm looking at uh, Halon's credits and there's it's it's more than I can get I can get through Spider-Man I mean, just just scrolling through, picking a couple, Logan, Suicide Squad, the new Suicide Squad, Orville. Um, so I guess, what haven't you guys worked on? The Wild, Eurovision, The Mandalorian? What, 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 what don't you have your toes in that you want to get into?
1: Oh, good question. <clears throat> I think a branch of space that we can see ourselves in more would be maybe some VR stuff. I know, we, I know we've done a little bit here and there. But, uh, you know, it's just another extension of like how we can take tech our technology, which using Unreal Engine and, you know, build from that. Um, let's see, there's, yeah, there's just the way, it, the, the rate at which Unreal Engine is growing and what it can do is perplexing because the version of five that's come out, you all may have seen trailers for it being able to handle like almost unlimited amount of polygons. It's destructive. It's like, uh, explosive destructive system is just, it's a work of art. I mean, it's, as everything progresses, I mean, this is going to branch everyone out into new areas of digital media that maybe is not a film or a video game, but I don't know, Kristen, your thoughts?
4: Yeah. I mean, I guess they don't really have any like specific like IT that I would like to work with. It is more just like, like what Brad was saying, like any project that comes along where they're like, we want to use like this, like, this technology and like, you know, kind of build this out this way and they come to us with ideas and, and um, or or they come to us saying, we want to make it like this, but we need, you know, this is the challenge we're going to run into. Those are the ones that are like, all right, bring it on, like this is going to be fun. Um, you know, because a lot of the times and especially with virtual production, like it almost feels like um, this tendency for for people on the outside looking in is is for them to say, oh, we're just gonna like throw all these really cool virtual production tools at it and we're just gonna do everything. Um, and that's not always necessary. Um, so what what's nice is that what like when productions give us a chance to custom tailor kind of what what tools they may need. You know, tell us what you're trying to make, show us what your vision is, and then we'll help we'll help decide what kind of tools you need? Do you need an LED wall? Or are you just wanting one because it's a cool buzz? Um, and it is really cool. Like, these, these things are super neat. But, you know, not every production needs one. Um, you know, and, and so, um, you know, do you need a virtual camera like our virtual art department? What is your plan? Like, what kind of, what is the vision you're trying to get across? And then we can come in and say, all right, you know, we, our, our recommendations are this, this, and this. And you know, and then when productions give us the opportunity to do that, um, and then you know, kind of explain to us, uh, you know, what it is they need, those are the produ- those are the projects that are incredibly fun because it's it really is a collaborative. Like we just either you know we're building a tool or we've got something kind of new and prototyped or there you know it gives us an opportunity to use all the new things that Unreal is coming out with. Um, you know, there's oftentimes we'll get updates from Unreal and we're like, oh, I can't wait to like find a use for this feature and it's not long after that that a production's like hey we've got a problem and we come up with a solution and we're like ooh, we get to use this new feature um you know it's it's those are the things that are you know whatever the next project is or whatever um whatever might be around the corner um it's whatever challenges it might bring that's the most to look forward to
2: kristen mm-hmm. you're um one of the most interesting credits I got for you doing the research was you're the real-time stage supervisor on Batman, on the new Batman, right? Can you? Uh, yep.
4: uh, we worked on that. Yes.
2: Yeah. What, what does a real-time stage supervisor do? How are you connecting Halon Entertainment to the director in real time? What's going on there?
4: Yeah. I mean, like in a, in a general sense, kind of what, what I do, um, uh, uh, uh for for projects is um you know i i help i'm kind of the the pinnacle where we have our, our virtual art department um that are you know building assets and environments um we have our Previs department and then occasionally and depending on the project we're also having you know we have uh, uh partners and other stuff there's art department stuff coming in or it's um uh, you know uh other, other vendors as well, all kind of sending all of their stuff in. And then I'm kind of the conduit through which, um, through which the, the director or the cinematographer, the art department kind of review these things in a virtual space, right? So I bring together the environments that are being built and bring in the animation that's being built and really helping to drive the tool through which they're seeing it. Um, and the nice thing is that, uh, is that, you know, depending again on the needs of the project, if it's like a virtual camera tool, um, that this is very much something that the creatives can look through and say, well, you know, let's, let's plan this out. Let's see what this is, uh, see what this looks like on a, you know, a 24 millimeter lens, you know, this is our film back for this project. Can we look at it through the camera? And that's, that's really, um you know, kind of bringing these things together and then facilitating their exploration through their, the, you know, through everything that they've created um, live uh, in, in whatever, you know, virtual space that they're working in, whether it be an LED volume or, you know, a virtual camera volume. Um, so I kind of, yeah, help to take all of the different pieces that all the other departments are working on and, and bring it to them live.
2: And um, so they I understand that they've stopped shooting, so you're not there live on set. And the film comes out sometime next year. The, uh, I'm using the Batman as the example. So, how much are you guys? You're not done working. Are you working right up until release day? Are you still adding uh, visual effects?
1: We yeah. can't deny or
3: yeah.
2: say. anything. Oh. With that. Oh. it's
1: sort of a quiet <laughs> yeah. property. We need not speak to a <laughs> lot out of right, right now. So, okay. Bye. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would say
4: in the general sense and not, not specific to that project, but like, you know, because right. you know, there's, there's a couple things down the line where this has kind of been um, also in my role and not not to speak to any, uh, to that project or any project in particular. Again, it really depends on the needs of, of the production. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it might be, you know, that they just want to workshop some ideas, which is great. It might be that they want to you know keep going and 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 get like everything out um it, it might you know it might be that some stuff is happening after filming. It really is up to whatever the production needs we're able to facilitate it all
1: mm-hmm. yeah, and I just wanted to sort of backtrack a little bit on what Kristen was saying because before <clears throat> back in the day we didn't have virtual camera, and I know maybe a lot of the viewers don't fully know what virtual production and virtual cameras are. But you know, back in the day when we were working on Star Wars, basically we were having a 3D software pro- program open, and then a director or a supervisor over our, our chest first, or our shoulder all day, saying, "Okay, move the camera left, move it left further, move it left further. All right, tilt up. Nope, not that much. You're moving the mouth too fast. Your mouth too fast. Back down, back down. Okay, that's the shot. And then we would do that all day long until we figured out. Oh look! Um, so I worked on Avatar for four years as CG Soup, and that was when we had really fleshed out like um, the, over a hundred cameras, the uh, motion capture cameras. And J- Jim had this just incredible camera that had all these markers on it. So what we had done is we had pulled that back many layers. Obviously, we didn't want to have a hundred cameras in our small studio space, but we were able to make Zoo and. Now using, you know, what Chris is doing is, you know, she's putting an iPad basically in the director's hand and saying, you push the button, get your shot where you want it. We're recording it. And then once it's there, that's where uh, we end up that, you know, that's where technology is taking a giant leap mm-hmm. from getting a vision into a director's hands as soon as possible. So, yeah, I just yeah. wanted to cover that. Making it more user friendly yeah. for, yeah. Yeah. It
4: is. It's kind of very much like demystifying these things, right? It, it just because it's so technologically driven doesn't mean the creatives have to be technologically driven, right? We facilitate this this tool in their hand um, and try to make it as 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 Brett said, like as user friendly as possible, so that any director. I mean, we you know we work with you know student directors all the way up to veterans in in the industry. And, you know, and, and everyone in between. And it's really something that's easily, like, easy to pick up. And, you know, it's, we're able to custom tailor it um, per, you know, the comfort level of the creatives as well, right? If, if someone wants to be super hands-on and they want to control all the buttons, great, here's your tool. Um, if someone doesn't want to be as hands-on, you know, they want to, they mostly just want us to drive them there and they'll do all the movements, but we're just kind of controlling you know lens changes or any of these things per their direction uh, we built that tool as well um, you know it's, it's really something that's it's nice because we can custom tailor their experience per their comfort level um, and you know not uh, uh, and not make it feel like it's something that like only very you know technologically knowledgeable creatives can pick up because it's uh, we definitely you know it's not exclusive for for those who are you know already studied
2: up on these things uh, you know in uh star trek i'm thinking about uh the newer star treks jj abrams they had the easter egg of uh r2 d2 floating around out in the wreckage yep and i worked on that like as well. I, I should borrow oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh so um yeah, that's more like IP to IP Easter eggs, right? Do you guys ever put – are you ever able to put anything personal in there? And then you have all these movies you working on, all these special effects. There's got to be something hidden with your initials or some sort of dig- digital signature that, that you can show your friends. Is, is there anything I you can
1: – I, I going to get there are, again? There are, <laughs> there are places and ways where we can find that we may be able to do that. But me personally, I won't do it unless I ask a director's uh, approval just because I don't want to get – Hey, we found this thing in, in this frame, and it, we don't know why it's there, like, three years later, and then, yeah, something pops up to bite you, like, mm-hmm. so, <clears throat> but, yeah, I haven't really on my end. How about you, Kristen?
4: I don't know. I I, I be, think the only one that really comes to mind is um, there was a shot in Logan where we just needed something, and I have, like like, behind-the-scenes reference footage of me, like, is animation reference of me doing this action to try to put it in. And then when I saw the final movie, I'm like, oh, they kept it. And it, right. it was really like, yeah, like uh, Logan was a really, really fun one to work on, um, you know, working with um, with James Mangold, um, at which, which was not the only time that we worked with him and not the only time that I had worked with him. But um, uh, it, it was something that like at this time, we we're still very much in previs. The edit was just very malleable at this time and uh and they had worked out that they they needed some way for for laura to just get another guy off the off the car and um you know and at this point everything that we were doing was going in front of was going in front of the director for approval so we weren't you know trying to uh put anything in that he wasn't going to see but it was very much like oh well, we need another way for her to kill another guy so i'm like well what if she just like reached around punched through the back window and, uh, and I have, like, you know, footage of me of kind of acting that out to just as animation reference, um, you know, but then it goes into an edit and, uh, and, you know, it goes into filming, and you never really know if, if that's what, you know, the choice that is going to be made on the set that day um, because previs is, um, especially, you know, uh, back in those days and um, particularly now, but it's, it's very much a template and a blueprint, but it is not, you know, a solid structure that needs to be, you know, it's not, unless they want it to be, it doesn't have to be the production Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all based on, you know, how they want to use it. Um, yeah. You know, and, and in this one, I, when we saw the final film and, and saw that motion, and I was like, yay, that's, I did that. Uh, you know, it was, yeah, it right. was, it was very cool.
1: That, <laughs> that is, remind me, actually, of just, there were two movies where, we didn't have a huge amount of access to motion capture, but we did want a motion capture, one being Snow White and the Huntsman and the other being uh, Pacific Rim uh, Uprising, the second one. And I basically had put on the motion capture suit and acted out like the big monster in Snow White and like, oh, human, just you know, throwing it around and acting like a big robot, trying to be awesome. Um, <clears throat> and then we saw the movie and I laid out like... Our reference video versus what the action was on the robots, and not to take any credit away from the uh, vendors that worked on it, but they were lining up really close A to B as far as what was going on. And we did have to give our motion over to the finals vendor. So it's not to say they may or may not have used my motion, but I like to believe they did so I can just be like, <laughs> That's you. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: uh, excellent. I feel like I might know the answer, another slew of uh, bullet time dodges, but is can you say what we might be most surprised of from Batman? Can you say anything about Batman? Now you're
4: just going to have to wait and see it.
2: Okay. Yeah,
1: that's right. what keeps it exciting.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then um, it looks like we're kind of running out of time. So as I bring this plane in for a landing, I want to ask you guys, um, as uh, youngsters, when you got up on Saturday morning to watch your favorite cartoons, you sit down and have a big bowl of cereal. Brad and Kristen, I'd like to know, what is your favorite bowl of Saturday morning cereal?
3: Uh,
0: this, is a, this is a very important question, guys. Very important.
1: <laughs> you will be would judged. Be... Mine would be sitting down with a bowl of Lucky Charms and my French Bulldog or my Bulldog laying in my lap as I watch transor Z followed by Transformers. Oh yes.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I was a, I was a cereal purist um, Cheerios or uh, or uh, Rice Krispies, um, but with the sugar on them, you know, gotta add the sugar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it would have been those and then probably um uh X-Men or uh Yeah, probably somewhere in the, in the vein of like X-Men and something I was watching or uh I can't really remember. My brother mostly drove the TV in the morning, so whatever he wanted to watch, mm-hmm. uh gargoyles probably, actually. So. <laughs> I
2: remember that one.
4: Yeah, yeah.
2: got to get up early to get the remote and get the good spot, right? I know. <laughs> um, so, um, is your involvement normally secret? I mean, we've mentioned the Batman ad nauseum. You can't talk about it, but can you say what you are working on that's coming up?
1: You know what's funny is, <clears throat> at any any given time, anyone asks us that question, it's usually about three years later until we can ex- tell us tell you what we've done. Mm-hmm. So besides the films that have been listed on our website which we really do keep that up to date, you know, that's pretty much what we can say we have worked on. Um anything in current in uh j- just out of respect to clients, et cetera, NDAs, you know, we we got to sure. keep that little sure. hush hush. So I dig it.
4: You're just going to have to scan the credits for our name. Uh,
2: Well, yeah. Yeah. From from now until the day I die. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thanks, guys. I guess we've taken up enough of your
0: time. Uh, Marky, you got anything else? I just want to thank you guys, not just for the time today, but for your work. Uh, Logan is maybe one of the best comic book movies ever. So good job there. And you know, I love The Phantom Menace and I love all the prequels. I've been a prequel defender, since the 90s, <laughs> since uh, 99. Uh, so, yeah, just thank you guys for your work and for your time today.
1: Right. Yeah, thanks, Kristen, guys. I gotta, before we go, I got a question. Oh, at what part in Logan are you? Because I, did, I had no idea you did that, and I want to go back and see it now.
4: Ah, oh, yeah. It was, um, it was during the limo chase at the refinery, and uh, okay. Laura turns around and, and punches someone through the back window.
3: All right. I got to look for that. All right, cool. <laughs> I'm
2: looking. <laughs> We've got homework. we got homework.
4: Back window. Not. I mean, it's. it's yeah, it's, it's. the idea is definitely there. It's The shot itself is not exact or specific, and we didn't send any motion with it. But just the fact is that it, it lived. But
2: you, you planted away. the feed. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah.
4: I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, you know, I put it there, and then they decided it was good enough to keep. So
2: It's, your, it's kind of your baby, for lack of a better word, a right? Yeah. Jack, yeah. Yeah. That's your move right there. That, <laughs> yeah. That's your thing. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, okay? All right, you Thank too. It's been an enjoy. enjoy. Uh pleasure's all on this side of the internet. Have a great day. <laughs> all right. Take care. Bye guys. Bye bye.
4: Here we go. Here comes crispy critters, a good wholesome bunch. The low sugar cereal with lots of
3: crunch It's indubitably. Indubitably. indubitably.
1: Uh, that, uh, that's the commercial starring Frosty the Snowman, It was as like, far as my...
2: It was Jimmy Durrani. Oh, Jimmy someone Durante. just outed yeah.
1: himself as too old.
2: Cha-cha-cha-cha. <laughs> 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 well, I guess I'm out of here. Good night, Mrs. Calabash, wherever you are.
1: <laughs> that's another one for the boomers. Uh, hey, great, uh, great interview, guys. Oh, well, thank you. I was you. a little worried not being there myself. And but of course, it sounds I, like you were able to talk the whole time. Yeah, and of course, I screwed things up. Yes, I yes. know
0: I did. I'm sorry, but uh, yeah. So I got a little. Uh, you guys heard in the interview. <clears throat> sorry, I got a little upset because of the mistreatment of the Phantom Menace. Yes, yes. I during the Oscars I we in 1999, but as it turns out, our guest Brad Alexander actually didn't work. On the Phantom Menace, his first job was with
1: Episode Two, not Episode One. So, although he played along, yes. and uh, yes. he, it turns out, once once you actually were able to do your research post interview, <laughs> you realized he was just humoring you, and you were in fact complaining about the Phantom Menace for no reason again. But he still felt my pain because he
0: agrees with me that uh, the Phantom yes. Menace the crazy person yelling effects. in your face
1: will do that. Mm-hmm.
0: The special effects of The Phantom Menace uh, ha- exist today, and n- nobody remembers the stupid Matrix backwards slow-mo bullet thing. When have you seen that in a movie?
1: Uh, I think we all ha- remember it, but yes, we only remember it from there. I'm like,
0: uh, a CGI character is in every good movie in the summer now, but the slow-motion Matrix bullet thing, that's gone. That was a gimmick. That's garbage. Here we you're, are.
2: You're talking out of Uranus, Mark. That revolutionized movie it, and movie making. It really did not.
0: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> kind of my boy?
2: Yeah,
1: I,
0: I think you're, that you're, if you didn't have point the Matrix, you and, never and would have important. had Max Payne the movie. Uh, you're and right. Then where would we be? You win. You got me there.
1: There <laughs> uh, <laughs> we go. Burn Wachowskis. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, here we are looking upon the new. Blockbuster season, I still feel like there is not going to be as much on offer as there are your usual summers. Am I wrong about that? Yeah, I think you're it right. It seems like there should be twice as much available. But maybe they, you know, especially with HBO Max putting all their stuff directly on there that run out. But we uh, still got The Conjuring. This recording comes out at
2: midnight tonight. and. The Suicide Squad is still coming out this year. Yeah. yeah but we but and there, and look, the
1: aforementioned Black to. Widow. I, so, All right. Let's name one that you do want to see this summer. What I is going to be the too. one that brings... What is going to... Are you actually going to go see The Conjuring at midnight? No, I'm going to go home and watch it. It's on HBO Max. <laughs> 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 I'm done
3: with you, <laughs> Dildos. I'm done
1: talking to you, Dildos. All right. Well, so what is the, the movie that's finally going to bring you into the theater? I got one. Um, Johnny December, Heck Take December
3: it. 2021 uh, The Matrix 4 <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> All
2: right A little
3: outside oh. of the summer I'll <laughs> be right next to you brother and I, and I hope they do thing, all thing. bullet time the whole time <laughs> It's all yeah. going to be bullet that, time Isn't that the name of it? The Matrix, Matrix 4,
0: 4 bullet time <laughs> Let
1: me call all bullet time <laughs> but it all Matrix 4, now. remember this, sub-colon bullet time
0: <laughs> Oscar winner hmm. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but so seriously,
3: angry. I'm there I'm, I'm For
1: sure. All right. But is that going to be the first movie that you leave the house and get into the general theater bubble for?
3: No. um, I think if Black Widow is – I think it's opening in theaters, right? It is. That or The Suicide Squad, whichever new – combo book movie that I complain about. I don't want to see that. I'm just like, one, please. That's going to be the um, first, first one you go for. Whichever one comes out first. Yeah. All
2: right. Uh, when does Jungle Cruise come out? <laughs> 2021.
1: Okay. Well, I have yet I'm, to changing, see the I'm changing my answer. Oh, well, there's two trailers out. Two trailers out that I've missed.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, all right. Jimmy's going with it. I mean, we're supposed to be um,
2: paying attention to the culture that is pop, right, boys? Oh, That's good point. So do when here. does it come out? Sometime this year.
1: Two trailers. That's what you got. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, Uh, no, it's too late. You said it. I hope it comes out December 30th.
2: Sure. I'll be there. Uh,
1: Marky, what's the first movie going to bring you up?
0: I don't know what's first because I don't know the release dates of anything because it's been a total blackout of dates and stuff like that. But the movie that I'm actually most excited about this year in 2021 is the Snake Eyes movie that our boys all worked on. uh, I just really think that um, one of my favorite characters of all time growing up is Snake Eyes. That was
3: the best action figure too. He was like Snake Eyes idea. was. He, he never talked in the cartoon. His, his action figure was dope.
0: Yeah, he like he had the frickin' he had the katana blade, the short katana blade. He had the sai. He had he, had he had Uzis. He yeah. had grenades I, on I his got it. bandolero. And he even had a like the action figure even came with a dog with a wolf.
1: Oh, that's right.
0: I mean, he was Oh, the that's right, Shadow awesome.
1: or something. Right? Shadow,
0: I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. And he didn't complain about shit. He didn't complain about nothing. And then all, by the way, his arch nemesis is a white ninja. Like a white dressed ninja. <laughs> and uh and Storm Shadow <laughs> is amazing. Good there. Yeah. Storm Shadow's amazing and I mean, these two characters. I mean, they just, they loom very large in my Oh, there would
3: always be a battle. Like, yo, Joe, Cobra. And then yeah. all of a sudden, Snake Eyes would be looking for that dude. He's like, yep. gotcha, motherfucker. Yep. And then they just yep. run at each other and have yep. their own side battle. That was it. <laughs> yeah. Dumb. I mean, well, look, like like
0: most of my G.I. Joe play was we would set up these elaborate, like, bases. And then everything. It takes us an hour and a half to set up everything. We Like, we would even have, like water features. Like we would we like bring out the hose. (laughs) You know, like everything was just all it was like apocalypse now. Kind of similar
2: to what Halon does virtually. Exactly. Just like our guest.
0: look at that tie. Then all of a sudden it it always came down to Storm Shadow versus Snake Eyes. Mm -hmm. As soon as you
1: said go, you probably just overhanded Snake Eyes (laughs) into their base. (laughs) Said he snuck
0: in. Yeah. (laughs) And then it just always came down to those two. And so although both of the G.I. Joe movies that we've gotten, the live-action ones, have been fine. Nothing great, but fine. I mean, this one looks like it's the legit real deal. So this is the one that I am excited about. And our guests, their their company, they're the ones that did the special effects here. And I, I think that it's in good hands. Or they
1: at least did the wheels. They might have done the wheels to the Batmobile. I'm not <laughs> 100% sure <laughs> who did that. When Snake Eyes is driving the Snake Eyes Corvette, <laughs> take a look at those wheels. You never know. Halon. Uh, another plug for them because, again, we're not having to plug anything for them, uh-huh. even though we're desperately trying to. Uh, so They don't we, need a Jungle
2: Cruise 2021.
1: Yeah. I, I was going to say, I think I'm going to go with Black Widow, too. I know with uh, uh, Johnny, are uh, already sitting on that one. Uh, But I think uh, that's probably the one that will get me into the theaters. They didn't do anything on it, but I don't hold that against them. Right. The first one that has their fingerprints on it, I will see. Maybe not in the theater. Uh But when it comes on HBO Max, I'm totally there.
0: Well, actually, everybody that can listen to this particular podcast or radio show, depends on when you're catching it, uh, you've all seen their work because they're an Everything. Like anything great.
1: Yeah. They um, already have your
0: money. Well, and I don't know if you guys remember, but from this really cool interview that we just did, the um uh our guest, uh, Christian uh turnipseed was talking about the scene in Logan, which I think is maybe it's arguably the best comic superhero movie ever done. Um, it's arguable.
1: It's and the unforgiven of comic book yeah, movies it's the, to you, right? I know, and I exactly. So let's show that argument for another episode. Yeah, yeah, we can again. It's not it's an arguable. argument. That's a statement of fact. It's arguable. Put. go I on.
0: completely say arguable, and mm-hmm. she and she talks about this scene when they're in the back of the limo and they're trying to escape, and where I, I don't know if it's Wolverine or if it's the Wolverine two. Uh, uh, what's X-23? her name? X twenty three. X twenty three. Where I think it's I think it's Logan. Where he. Um, stabs the guy, he, like, reaches over his shoulder to stab the guy through the frickin' rear rear window. Oh, okay, he's
1: sitting in the back of his limo. Yeah,
0: and he, like, Mm -hmm. and he stabs over, and our, you know, our guest talks about that, and I'm not kidding you guys, but, like, Two days later that we did that interview, I turned on the TV or something, and it was
3: on. Oh, that's
1: right. Yeah. That yeah. scene yeah. where it that was, that was exact her arm. Scene,
0: Yeah, where it was her arm where doing Where she talks it.
1: about how her arm is in that shot instead yeah, of his. Yeah, like, like and... she
0: actually conceptualized that action sequence, and then she modeled it, and she did it. And, it, like, that scene exists in the movie, and it's memorable it's amazing. It's fun. It's awesome. Like, that scene exists because of our guest. She thought of it. She made it happen, and it's in the movie. And it's the one that she obviously remembers, and it's the one that I can remember. And I'm not kidding you guys. I turned the TV on, and I, it's right on that scene. I'm like, oh, my God, I know, I know the person that did that.
1: Uh, hey, and who knows? Maybe just two days after talking to you, she was on YouPorn and found your movie. <laughs> maybe. It was right at your scene. Who knows? <laughs> it's a big, crazy world, but that's awesome. Yeah, that's true. A lot, a,
0: lot
1: of, a lot of CGI in both of those
0: movies.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As
1: that's I recall. What yeah. well, is we... that, a woman's arm? Uh, anyway, uh, I, I don't know if we have much more to say about this.
0: No, it was a long interview.
1: It was a yeah. long interview. We don't want to subject you guys to too much more.
0: But we are in town, and we are in studio, and we always have... Uh, you know we have great sponsors paramount is
1: back at it again that's and, true uh, i noticed when you finally came back over you brought a whole crate of of giveaway movies i did you, I uh, did. you wouldn't even let me have one
0: i know but since you know since things are changing i'm not going to bore you guys with the copy reading i'm going to let jimmy bore you with the copy reading Jimmy the James. we have a great we have a great movie That we're giving away, and this is in theme with what we're doing, summer blockbuster special effects movies. Go ahead.
2: First out of the crate, Marky, we've got Super 8. Writer-director J.J. Abrams and producer Steven Spielberg joined forces for the extraordinary tale of youth, mystery, and adventure. Super 8 debuting on 4K, ultra high definition, May 25th. 2021 from paramount home entertainment original keep going keep going originally released on june 10th 2011 super 8 celebrates its 10th anniversary this year newly remastered for this 4k ultra high definition release the critically acclaimed film stars joel courtney kyle chandler and Elle fanning held upon its release as the year's most thrilling feeling mainstream movie Super 8 is certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, and we've got a copy to give to you.
1: Yes, the same (laughs) certified fresh copy that they reviewed, we've got for you. And we
0: got another copy read because we're going to give away two awesome movies, and this one is going to go, Johnny
3: Heck, give us a copy read. You got it. Did you say that was 4K? Oh, damn. Yeah. All right. 4K? All right. It just don't stop. Relive every pulse-pounding moment of the original big-screen blockbuster Mission Impossible as it celebrates its 25th anniversary with a newly remastered Collector's Edition Blu-ray on May 18, 2021 from Paramount Home Entertainment. Originally released on May 22nd, 1996, Mission Impossible. Thrilled audiences with its breathtaking and action-packed <laughs> story, a secret agent and international espionage. Tom Cruise ignites the screen as IMF agent Ethan Hunt, a character that continues to capture the imaginations of fans around the world as the franchise builds toward the highly anticipated seventh installment. You could get this copy of Mission Impossible Blu-ray. <laughs> Mission Impossible ba ba Oh, my God. Thank you, guys. Those are fantastic copywriting. You couldn't see it, but Mark was hanging over the table like Mission Impossible
1: the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. He's actually doing it the whole show. I didn't want to ask. Yeah. Well,
0: I mean, I don't want to make a peep. When I was reading my uh,
2: Super 8 copy, I just had my wiener out.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: it did look like an alien. Oh, yeah. So our
1: YouTube channel subscribers have that to look forward to. Yeah. The rest uh, of you, use your imagination. Content, yeah, I
3: yeah, I, I think that's only fans coming up. Before I give these guys away because I, I
0: am like I'm physically holding a, a couple of copies of each uh, <laughs> I do just kind of want to point out that these these two films they do represent kind of the two cool sides of the big summer blockbuster one of them Mission Impossible is this action adventure Tom Cruise big star you know shoot em up
3: you know, stunts stunts explosions,
0: explosions. yes red Night Night. Night. yes helicopters awesome. the other one Simon super the other one, uh, Super 8, J.J. Abrams directed, Steven Spielberg produced, Aliens. Kids making movies.
1: Kids make yeah. Special effect Like special effects. Coming of age. Yeah. It's Mystery just, of the world. Yeah. Strangely, no Simon Pegg for J.J. J. Abrams. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: Shooting on
0: film. Thank
1: God for that. <laughs> um, and, yeah,
0: Whoa. Yeah. And so, yeah,
1: it's just this
0: cool kind of. These are the two sides of great summer movies. You know, this is it. This represents it. It's an amazing giveaway. That's why we're going to do it. So um, I am going to invite any and all entrants. Uh, send me an email at Saturday Morning Serial at MattyPRadio Hold on, hey,
2: listeners get your pen and paper out? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. this is a long email. Give, give me that again.
0: I used to slower, get more email, but it's slower than <laughs> I just get a bunch of hate mail. So. Uh, <laughs> Saturday morning serial at radio dot com. Spell it all out. Is that all caps? You can if you want. If okay. you're angry, um, send it. To, yeah. And uh, I just want to know what is, is your uh, what is your favorite. Uh, give me a give me a good question for them to answer. Wait, uh,
3: which of these two movies has Emilio Estevez for five minutes? <laughs> any of them? Oh yeah, I do. Yes, <laughs> I know the answer. Okay, Marky just won the movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what about this?
2: How can I win Zuberay? <laughs> <laughs>
3: no,
0: I, I would really like like to know what is your favorite summer movie memory. Send it to me. I will post you on uh, Twitter and then I'll. Send and you also, a
1: if you don't want to bother rewinding, so you can finish writing down the email address, can't they just tweet it to us? They can.
0: Um, Won't you share it with the world? But yeah, they, they might have something more to say than 120. We got that cash, posted from
2: the boys down in marketing. Says we should pump the, the, the Twitter account.
0: A little okay, bit. well, you guys can tweet me then. Uh, tweet me at Stay Classy SDCC, and uh, let What's me What's that
3: handle? At <laughs> Stay now. Classy
0: SDCC. Woo. It's the one that I pay most attention to, <laughs> um, and uh, I you guys can win one. If not both. I mean we don't get a lot of yeah. <laughs> we...
1: If if you really want both, you might have to slide into his DMs. But I think it's worth it. Four <laughs> I mean, K two times same, over. That's eight that K.
0: Yes, one I wanna time time know your summer movie memory. Okay. There you go. So win these awesome movies and uh thanks to our guests.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Brad Alexander. Thank you, Kristen Turnipseed. Uh and thanks to all your cohorts over there at Halon Entertainment. You're probably in crunch time doing 90-hour weeks trying to get these uh, summer movies finished, and we're sitting on our ass complaining about them. So thank you. Absolutely. And, boy, I wish I had more to say, but they're not paying me enough. So is that about it, everybody? I think we're good. That's enough of this. That's enough of this. We out. And
0: now we know.
3: <laughs> and knowing is half the battle. Oh, this is enough of this.